special guest. I'm so excited. I can't I can't hold it back. Mr. Jack Durr. Jack the Ripper Durr. I don't know. We got to give you a Halloween name here. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Yeah, I guess that's pretty easy. Whatever your name's Jack. Jack-o'-lantern. You know, Jack. Yeah. It, it pretty much goes. <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, you, you can come up with whatever you want. And, and it is the season. Um, I've been kind of like embracing it slightly with my some of the photos I'm posting. It's like I post things like orange or I posted something the other day. I don't know if you've seen the TV show Last of Us um, on no. HBO. Oh, I played the uh, video game, though, a long okay. time ago. Well, the video game would, would equate to the right thing. So I have a... No, you weren't on that dive. You were gone that day. Um, it was a, it's a close-up of a two-spot octopus. It's eye. It's totally looks like a clicker from The Last of Us. And I'm like, oh. but I posted it, and I'm, I am bad at my subtleties with the way I, I assume everybody has the same thought process as me. And I thought, <laughs> I thought for sure everyone would get that. And it's like, everyone's like, wow, pretty photo. I'm like, well, yeah, it is a pretty photo. No one gets the last of us part of it. It's a clicker. <laughs> it has yeah, a big, you, you, it's the, it looks like one of those things. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I hate it when other people can't read my, my mind. It drives me nuts. Right. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that yeah, was funny. I'm, I'm, I'm like the Mr. Reference obscure things and it's like, no one ever gets it. Well, hopefully unless I, today, unless yeah. I go to Comic Con or something, then people go. There you oh. go. Exactly. You have to have the right audience. Then everyone will get your 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 references. So if you're tuning in today, no, you haven't tuned into the wrong podcast. This is still the dive table, but this is volume two of our annual Reef of Horror show in honor of All Hallows Eve, Halloween. And again, we got to give credit where credit due credits due. So um, I'm a huge Simpsons fan. I have been for a very long time. It's wild because I think I can remember when I was the same age as Bart. Like Bart and I were technically the same age. So it's been a while. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, in honor of, of The Simpsons, because The Simpsons every year for however 30 whatever years it is now, um, they release a Halloween special they call The Treehouse of Horrors, where they tell three stories either remixed you know from classic you know stories and scary tales or they make up their own that feature the simpsons as the characters in, the, in an only simpsons way and so uh we have adopted the the treehouse of horrors but adapted it for our scuba prep you know scuba context and we call it the reef of horrors and this is volume two and i'm so happy to share it with you jack so you ready to uh to get into the the fun of this episode I, I do feel honored that you chose me to speak in this realm, you know, cause you know, I, you know, I always, I'm, I'm good at like joking around and poking fun and I was sitting there like, going, Oh, how can I be like, yeah. What, what is scary? I dove with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, that You're is a scary, scary experience, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you never so know going, where I'm going to pop so, up next. So I'm like, going, no, that doesn't work. He's a good diver, really. Um, so it's like, where are these? I try to reference how could I get that snuck in there, you know? Um, uh, I, love I do make fun of myself, though. You know, it's like, uh, fins everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, 
Well, good. So, uh, so to set this one up very quickly, you and I have each prepped three horror scuba horror stories, and we'll just go back and forth and share our scuba reef of horrors Halloween special stories and laugh about them and bounce off each other. It'd be a lot of fun. So let's let's get into this one in the reef of horrors volume two. The best scary voice I've got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cute, cute, <laughs> Your house freaky. is not haunted. It's just. <laughs> All right. I'll, you want me? To, I'll tell the first one. I'll, yes. I'll go to the first first one here. So, this first reef of horrors scuba horror story is the tale of the neglected octo. So, this one, uh, a caveat here, is not me, but it's someone we all know who we refer to as Pra Dan. So if you can figure it out who that is, you'll know whose octo this was. So here's how the story goes. A diver, unknown diver, who in the context of diving in in lakes and specifically in lakes in Texas, uh, we have a, a big infestation of what's called zebra mussels, which are basically they look like clams or mussels. And they're an invasive species because nothing really eats them. And they just overtake a lake uh, like crazy. Once they're in there, it just goes nuts. And they're, they're everywhere. So this particular uh, diver who also happens to be a professional diver, a dive master, um, you know, was using his gear for, for however long. And, you know, like most of us do as mechanics might do as they know, you know, their car needs service. They know it'll go a little longer. Had maybe pushed off his, you know, servicing of his gear specifically the gear that would be shared with a diver like someone in an open water class that needed to share gas or share air. The octopus, the octo, that bright yellow, you know, in the triangle device that might save someone's life. He may have pushed the envelope on the service timeline of this. And so the tale goes that he decided at one point to finally service this piece of equipment because it is something that may be needed on a dive and brought it into his local dive shop. And as they opened up the second stage regulator, so the one that you actually breathe off of, as they opened that up to the whore of the service technician, it was packed Full of zebra mussels. Oh, my God. Now, luckily, no one ever had to receive that octo in the the course of a dive. But the tale goes that imagine a diver, a nice open water diver, who's just on dive three, day two of their open water, real open water course, and for whatever reason, they panic or for whatever reason, they didn't check their gas or change their tank. Things happen, right? Things happen, Jack, right? It might, it might happen. Can never, you imagine that poor diver who goes to this particular unnamed Daniel diver <laughs> and says, I'm out of gas in whatever way they will, right? An open water diver, maybe they just like bug eyes and freak out. And Daniel... Oh, 
unknown unknown diver, sorry, uh, un, unnamed diver, <laughs> looks at that <laughs> that open water student who happens to have a a name that sounds like that's the name that sounds like Annual. There you go, there you go. It just sounds like Annual. First name sounds like Deucer. Deucer, yeah, there we go. Deucer Annual. There you go. Uh, he. Can you just imagine that open water diver? And, and they, they go, I'm out of gas, big bug eyes. And, and cool and smooth. I'm a pro. I got this. I reach into my triangle of goodness. I pull out my big yellow hosed octo. And I go, I got you. And shove that baby right to that open water diver. And can you imagine the whore that that person <laughs> would have of breathing off of that? I think they would be out of scuba right then and there. They might get to the surface because I don't think it inhibited completely the function. I'm sure quite a bit, but completely. But they would have been breathing the carcasses and nastiness of zebra mussels. Were they alive life. still or are they dead? So that's my thing. It's like how long? I mean, if you're diving enough and that like you kept it wet enough that they're alive and like growing in there, or was it like truly like dead shells? And- <laughs> De- uh, from what I, s- I saw the pictures, that's all I can all I can comment on. The pictures look like dead um, because, you know, they come out of the water for a week and die. The, the real question I have for this particular unnamed diver is, how did you not smell that, bro? <laughs> like that had to stink in your truck for, for days. Yeah, so you haven't, ex- haven't experienced this yet where, I mean, you may have, but we have these bait balls in San Diego, um, little sardine type things, and they'll just come in like swarms. And at night, they don't realize you're there and they just plow into you and they'll like embed themselves in all your dive gear. Um, so one of my friends on this one night, he goes, yeah, next morning, I, you know, he dove and then he threw his stuff in his trunk. I was going to rinse it the next day and he pulled it out. It was like stinking. And embedded into parts of his BCD, he had all these like anchovy or sardines stuck inside of his BCD, just rotting away overnight. I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah. I don't know which one's worse, that that stank, or the stank of like your dry suit after like seven days of of using the same undergarment on a dive trip. (laughs) Like, I don't know which one's worse. Uh, Yeah, that's TMI. <laughs> sometimes you don't have a washing machine you know, and you're in the ocean so sometimes you just live with the stank yeah uh, it so doesn't that, bother anyone under the water so that this just the thought of the stuff in the octo i mean that's one of the reasons why i bought a regulator early on because i remember taking my open water class in the rental and it's like the first breath off it in the pool is like and it was like sand. I'm like, so I just imagine like going and sucking in all those like, uh, zebra mussels. Uh, that would kind of suck. Like, yeah, that was, I wish that it was discovered like because he was testing it underwater. That would have been funnier. It's a little gritty. Man, this is going to be a tough episode. I've been recovering from this cough and every time I laugh, it makes me cough. So I'm just going to be coughing throughout this whole episode. It's going to be terrible. All right, so the tail of the neglected Ako. <laughs> we'll put you on 100% oxygen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it looks like I need it at this point. Um, yeah, the, uh, the tail of, of the neglected Ako, Octo, if there's a positive in this, is to 
service your gear regularly. And especially if you have that Octo that just sits there for however long, because it never gets used unless it needs to be used to confirm its function form and then it's not full of dead animals would probably be a good idea. <laughs> yes. I mean, I know that mine probably needs to be serviced because when I go and breathe off it, it's just kind of, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can deal with that because that's mine. I'm donating the long hose. So it's like, okay, I can deal with that. <laughs> Knowing that I'm giving up the good one to somebody else. Have you ever used the trick of like, you know, oh, I wonder what that Scuba Pro MK19 breeze like uh well that, that and then does, you just go to somebody and be like i'm out of gas that has that <laughs> i <laughs> donate the lawnmowers yeah no i mean i i've done that before where you're you're like breathing off your own regulator and it's like oh let's i'm because i i'd like diving my aluminum 80 i get it and i'm diving with people that have steel 100s and their air consumption's as good or better than mine and they go here share some air and i'm breathing off there and i'm like Wow. Is that, is that how a regulator is supposed to breathe? Wow. <laughs> like, hmm, is it maybe I need to service my regulators or is it they're just that much better? I mean, it's just. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Though the funniest part about sharing gas is, uh, and we're already on a tangent, but it's kind of funny, is when you, you know you train with someone too often when you know what to expect, the flavor to expect when you put their, their, their rig in your mouth, uh, my gas here. I'm like, I'm either getting monster or cologne. It's one of those two when, when I share do this gas share. So here it comes. Oh, it's monster today. That's a little bit nicer. Oh, that tastes like, he's good. The cologne days is always like, whoa, <laughs> it's, like, it's too much. It's too much, but I got to breathe. So deal with it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't want to go there. I'm don't. too OCD for that stuff. <laughs> I just don't want to think about it. It's like, don't think about it. flush don't. the regulator a few times and then, <laughs> no, no, yes. I can wait. I can wait. Let's just flush this a few times. Purge, 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 flush. You're just out of gas and you just hand it back. Like, no, I'm just going to hold my breath as long as I can. I'm not putting that in my mouth anymore. <laughs> yep. We'll just simulate All this All right. Now. Over to you for your, your first reef of horror story. Uh, okay. So we've probably all, well, I'm hoping everyone's traveled at some point in time. They've gone outside their, their ordinary environment, um, and dove other places. And I traveled to Mexico. It's not my normal place. It would be in the Playa del Carmen area. And I bring my dry suit cause I'm going cave diving. Right. And you go to the dive shop, they always take care of you. They're like you can rinse your gear, you can hang it up and all this stuff like that. I'm like, wow, this is really convenient. Then go, you know, go out to eat that night, you know, have some beer or whatever, get ready for the next morning, come back, all your gear's right there, take it off and just, you know, get ready to go to the dive. So that was the normal method. That's how it all started. Um, and then one day, um, one of the guys that was a tourist, not tourist, when I say tourist, someone visiting, okay, cave diver, did that with all his gear. And we were at one of the dive sites and I saw the guy walking around. Yeah, no big deal. This big guy, he's like, great dive. And, and I'm like, wow, your, your dive was a little short. 
I didn't think anything of it, right? Just kind of like no big deal. Just went, uh, whatever. Later on that day, after all our dives were done, he was still at the dive shop because I think he was doing like his full cave or one of those things. So he was going through classes and stuff. And then he pulls this out. I'm going to share my screen. Um, so this will go on your uh, your computer part. So just bear with me for one second. So he sits there and goes, yeah, I cut it short because I had something in my, my wetsuit booty. And I'm like, your wetsuit booty? And I'm like, what? Like rocks? What's in there thinking? And what it was, was this. Okay. So this is just like. To give you a little size perspective, um, this is a scorpion. Um, Oh, this is a blurry picture. Here's a nice clear one. Um, Oh, my gosh. It is at least the size of a business card. Yeah. This was in his wetsuit booty. He dove for like an hour with this thing in his (laughs) wetsuit booty. And I'm like going, I'm like freaking out at the dive shop going, so... Did it sting you? It was, oh, yeah, at least two or three times. I'm like, uh, aren't you supposed to go to the hospital now? (laughs) 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 I'm like going, um, I know that they're supposed to be like kind of deadly, I think. And I'm like, maybe I don't know something, but this guy's walking around not thinking too much of a big deal. I'm like going, he goes, yeah, it was like a bee sting. I'm like. Still, doesn't it like inject poison into you? Shouldn't you be like yeah. going to the hospital? And he's like, nah, I think I'm okay. And I'm like, he was a big guy. So maybe it's just that, you know, body mass, blood to the amount of poison that was injected. But he was like walking around and he's still doing the classroom afterwards. And I'm like, and he walks this thing around. And I'm like going, holy crap. That And, it, and I go, where was your stuff? And he goes, oh, I was storing it right over there. Needless to say, after that point, the only thing I kept there were like fins, basic things. <laughs> I took my dry suit with me back to where I stayed after that. And then I always inverted. And then before I put everything on, I'm like shaking it. I'm like going, I do not want that inside my dry suit. Uh, I'm no. just like, I'm in picturing not just inside my booty where he like squished it and got stung a few times while he in the process of getting killed. By the way, it got him on the inside of his instep. Oh, <laughs> so Oof. yeah. Ah, so, wow. So to me, it's more like beware of the critters that you may not be aware of that are crawling around on your stuff at night. I mean, I, it's, it's bad enough to always have this, like, so this is where I was going. Maybe it's not scary sto- stories, but it's more like Jack's little, new phobias are popping up everywhere that I didn't know I had. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like being enclosed in a dry suit, for example, with this scorpion in there is like, ah, no, that's not a good thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that sounds like some sort of mafia torture or something. <laughs> I'm just, it's like, well, like, even if it's just like some sort of bug, I'm like crawling around. I'd like, ah, so I'm like, now whenever I travel, um, yeah, the dry suit goes with me back to the room now and I turn it inside out and make sure it's all clear before I put it back, to, you know, for the next day. It's like, so it's more like, <laughs> you know, just the thought of having that stuck to your body and being underwater in a cave somewhere where you can't just like pop to the surface, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it, it's like, 
and I'm like, you didn't feel that? He goes, yeah, yeah, somewhere in the dive, I felt this thing. I'm like, no, didn't you feel it when you're walking? To the- <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Like, would you put it on and you feel it was a little off? No. No, apparently, yeah, I I didn't quite get that one, but I guess everyone has different sensitivities to things. So I maybe guess. that's why he was able to put up with this being stung while he's on his dive. I guess, yeah, that would, uh, yeah, talk about, there, there's a good uh, training module for some some uh, crazy agency out there. Like, this is the, the truly, ta- you know, task load you. We stick scorpions in your dry suit <laughs> and see if you can still do a valve drill. Can, go for yeah, it concent, concentrate <laughs> conserve air yeah breathe exactly. easy <laughs> try to be relaxed don't worry about the wiggly things crawling up your legs those are just it's just normal everything's normal <laughs> okay i'm having one of those yeah ants crawl on me on me feelings now. yeah like, exactly oh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like, yeah and what are you gonna do about it like once you recognize let's say let's say 10 minutes into the dive 15 minutes into the dive you realize there's something crawling on my body. I don't know what it is, by the way, because you don't. A scorpion, a centipede, a snake. I don't know. What are you going to do about it? Like, you're going to try to kill it in the, like, you're going to be punching yourself. Like, I don't know. What do you do at that point? You know, like, you can't abort the dive in terms of if you're in the cave, especially. Right. Yeah, you have so, to. You can you can still end the dive and turn and go back, but you still need to go back, right? Yeah, you still have at least, well, in that case, fifteen minutes back out of of that happening. Uh, man, that would be uh, that has not happened to me yet, thank God. And it is. I've heard other stories of divers in Texas and and other other places, Mexico especially as well, of similar things getting into into dry suits, but but. Um, but yeah, that I mean, yeah. What do you what What is the protocol? <laughs> I know. Let's call some folks up. Let's find out. Just so you know, right now for me, if my sock is folded over inside my dry suit, I'm freaking out. <laughs> oh, you prima donna! <laughs> it's, like, ah, it's folded in the toe. I can't imagine if there's like a bug. The in next there. dive we go on together this, this weekend, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> slip a fake scorpion or something into your boots. See if <laughs> Drop it in there. A little. <laughs> so this is where right now the animated spiders are dropping from the ceiling. That's right. Yeah. Jack will never dive with me again. <laughs> he's, not, he's too fearful what I might put in. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. That's a good, good reef of horror story. All right. You ready for, here's my number two, my number two, this, uh, this one I gave the title of clam chowder's revenge. <laughs> now, now i'm sure you be, know where this now is before going. you start this is like i like clam chowder i'm yes. hoping that it's not going to change my opinion of clam chowder i hope it doesn't it didn't <laughs> mind so it, okay. hopefully it doesn't yours because i like clam chowder too a little bit of tabasco sauce sometimes the crunchy sometimes not oh a good clam chowder just you can't beat it there's actually a really good lobster spot main lobster spot in Encinitas that has good clam chowder. So for all you San Diego folks, uh, if you're looking for that, I think it's called the Lobster Shack or something like that, but it's delicious. No, this clam chowder came uh, on a dive trip to the Florida Keys. And I got to tell you, the Florida Keys are just littered with incredible fish shops. I mean, you know, you can get 
the most incredible fish sandwiches and finish it off with a, you know, a, a little slice of uh, key lime pie and, and it's a little heaven. And so, you know, we, I was out there for some training and um, we were doing some boat diving that got canceled because of a small hurricane that went through. So we were shore diving uh, for a couple of days and then the hurricane cleared out, boats were going out and we said, all right, great, let's go. And so uh, I wasn't really thinking uh, about, I've never been boat sick. I've never been seasick in my life, but I always still take a Dramamine, the non-drowsy one the night before, and I take one the morning of, just, just in case. I've never experienced it, but I take it just in case. Well, this particular day, I didn't. And for lunch that day, we <laughs> went to this incredible already, fish shop. I'm already grossed out. Just. You're already grossed out. <laughs> you know, this is gone. Don't worry. It, it hasn't ended. And, uh, and we go to an amazing fish shop. And, you know, I had, whatever, a fish sandwich. And I just couldn't resist, for whatever reason, their, their clam chowder that day. Knowing I was going to dive later, you're going to burn it all off anyway. So it's uh, all right. I'll, I'll indulge a little bit. So I had clam chowder. And I had my fish sandwich and we, you know, geared up, we got to the boat on time, la la la, everything's there. And I remember on the way out to the dive site, it was just choppy as all choppy. And I started to feel a little something I hadn't felt before, which was like, ugh, that doesn't feel good. And then, oh, that really doesn't feel good. And then, oh my gosh, I think I might puke is how I was feeling. So for all of you that have ever felt that seasickness or boat sickness, I now can empathize because it never happened to me before until that day. This is like a, a year ago or something like that, a little less than a year ago. And, uh, and so I was, I mean, as my, you know, Tive teammates describe it, looking green, but holding it together. And of course, you know, the answer to that is get in the water, you know, get in the water, you'll feel better. Get in the water, you'll feel better. So everyone tells you. Plop on my doubles. We're training. I can't skip the training dive, right? I got to go. I got to go. So whatever I'm feeling, like, I, I got to go. I got to be the first one in the water. Um, so I get in the water. We descend, still feeling like that's the only thing I'm really thinking about is, like, can I actually hold this all together? And I remember throughout that first segment of the dive, there was this <laughs> and then when it came again, hold it back. And then all of the things go through your brain of like, they all say, if you're going to puke, you can just puke right through the regulator. But ew, that's, that's all I could think about. Hold it together. Ew. That's so gross. Don't do it. The third one came. Oh no, no, no. And finally, finally, I was able to control it. I started to feel better. And by the second half of that dive, I felt back to myself and felt better. So I didn't lose it through the regulator. But that clam chowder had its revenge in the sense that I almost lost it through the regulator. And for all of those that have actually puked underwater, my hat goes off to you because I just can't imagine. Lesson learned. Two lessons. One, take the Dramamine dope. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Which I usually do. I just forgot. And lesson two is 
eh, clam chowder, super heavy things right before you get on a dive boat or right before you're going out from some training. Probably better to make some different food choices at that point. So that was clam chowder's revenge. By the way, have you ever puked through a regulator? I have to ask that one. I actually did. So, and it was, and it was like one of those things that you remember. This is, by the way, all my horror stories happened like years and years and years ago. Because now I'm like perfect. I mean, perfect. I, there's no, there's no <laughs> issues at all these days. None whatsoever. <laughs> no, I remember I, I had one of those greasy meal type things, and I had one of those little moments of oop. And so I just like let it go underwater. It, um, it, it was actually kind of pleasant, amazingly oh, really? as as it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> not to be into much detail, but on land it seemed like oh, throwing up so strenuous, right? And yeah. it was just like I was underwater and just went, you know, I'm just gonna let it go. And it was just like, Phew. and the best part was watching the. Oh my god! <laughs> the vomit plumes. I was just like, and I was like, but it wasn't a lot. It was just a little bit. And I was like, and then immediately your next breath in is like air. It's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Oh. Um, on the flip side, I, you know, I was when I used to do a lot more like dive tours. I actually had someone pull their regulator out of their mouth and then puke, and then their first reaction was, <gasps> and I'm like. Uh. I'm like, first I was like, what is this stuff floating by me? (laughs) And then watching them like trying to like breathe without a regulator. I'm like, ah, panic, you know, trying to shove it back in your mouth. So yeah, lesson for everybody, throw up right in your regulator. It works. But it works. And then just take it as like a cool little animated graphic. (laughs) Your your LSD trip underwater of like, whoa, what's happening? All these swirls. Well, I do have a little uh, side story that's not a pukey story on, on clam chowder. Um, so there's a local dive boat um, for San Diego that they always have soup on board. So in between dives, you can have a nice warm bowl of soup. And for some reason this day, I was actually kind of hungry. I, I try usually because I don't want to get sick. I try to like wait for the food part. Uh, but this day I was actually hungry and they, and they're like, yeah, just go have some soup. And this was again, very early on in my diving days. Um, so this is my first time on this boat. So I didn't really know what was going on. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of nice. They have some food here. And I'm like, and I go, what is it? And they go, oh, it's clam chowder. And I'm like, oh, I like clam chowder. Just like, <laughs> okay. So, so I'm like, wow, that's great. So I go over and get this, you know, a cup. I didn't do it in a bowl. You know, because you just kind of drink it. So I'm like, put the stuff in. And I'm like, walking around. And I'm like, going to other divers. I'm like, going, really? This is like the worst clam chowder. I can't believe this boat thinks that this is good clam chowder. <laughs> so I'm like, going, so I'm like, drinking this clam chowder soup, going, wow, this is really bad. I'm like, do they, is this rotten? I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, maybe I should stop eating this, you know? So like, and I'm like, <laughs> so I, I stopped partway through and just kind of like threw the rest away. I'm like, going, wow, that clam chowder went really bad. I hope I don't get sick from this. And then, then later on at the end of the dive, I'm like, guys, seriously, that clam chowder is really bad. What do you mean clam chowder? It was mushroom soup. 
<laughs> I'm like, going, oh. <laughs> but my brain, I couldn't like distinguish that it was something else. I'm just, I'm just sitting there thinking the whole time. Oh, this is like the worst clam chowder I've ever had. <laughs> These clams taste like mushrooms. They must have fungus on them. <laughs> you know, like this is the worst. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. All right, you're you're number two here. You're number two tail. So, my number two. Now remember, these are, like I said, these are all in the past. I'm, I'm, and I was diving at La Jolla Cove, and La Jolla Cove, on a very flat, gentle day, and if you get it in the perfect conditions, it's like seriously, it's like the best dive ever. It's like an aquarium. You got this kelp billowing around, all sorts of stuff going on. And in the springtime, um, we get taupe sharks. Um, some people call them dogfish, but it's a it's a small schooling shark. Um, it looks like a reef shark. Um, and they were around. There's also seven gills around this time. But this day, um, I in particular, I went by myself because these taupe sharks are really shy. They get scared really easy. If you just move, make a sound, boom, they're gone. So I wanted to go out and get some, you know, GoPro video footage of these things. So I'm out there just, it's like maybe 30 feet deep in the spot. There's nothing going on. And I find this little school of, I don't know, what's a group of sharks called? You know, a frenzy? I don't know. Good, good question. I don't know. I think it's a frenzy. It's probably anyways, still a it's, school, right? It was a group of sharks. There was, there was about six of these taupe sharks and they're swimming around. And I was like, at this point in time, just if I had a rebreather at the time, it would have been great, but I wasn't, I just had my open circuit. So I just kind of like, instead of just like floating around in the water column, I kind of settled down and there's these kelp like root balls, I guess. And there's like rocks and stuff. So I'm like settling down behind this. And the kelp's flowing around. And as I'm sitting really quietly, you can see all these sharks starting to swim. And they get closer and closer and closer, right? And it's like, this is awesome. And I'm like looking at all these sharks and going, wow, this is so cool. You can see their eyes. You can see all the details. And then right as this one is coming like right up over me, also I got bit. No way. And I like let out this scream and then all the sharks went, took off. And I look over to see what bit me. My, <laughs> it was actually a sheephead, not a shark. <laughs> so this is, so, <laughs> see, it's, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it's, this is my shark bite story, right? <laughs> so I was watching sharks when I got bit by a sheephead. Um, it was a big male sheephead, and because I had my hand on one of the rocks there, and they like like eating the, the crustine, whatever whatever stuff growing on these rocks and stuff, and they have these big teeth that are used for crunching down things. Well, it saw my pinky just kind of like moving ever so slightly, and it bit my whole pinky all the way right down to the knuckle, and oh. I let out that scream and. And I, everyone's like laughing at me. Ha ha ha! You got bit by a, a sheep head. I'm like, on. <laughs> yeah, it hurt. Uh, 
like going, wait until it happens to you. They're like, oh, no, it will never happen, you know. And I mean, it literally feels like someone took a pliers and just like crunches your finger, Crunched, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, exactly. so, yeah, I let out this scream. Of course, years and years later, one of those, my friends that said, ah, laughing at me, ha-ha, you got bit by a cheap head. It didn't hurt. Of course, he got bit by one. He goes, okay, yeah, that hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hurt. i'm like yeah see i told you <laughs> so told you yeah. those things hurt yeah. yeah so so there's one of those things of i guess this is more like be aware of your environment <laughs> maybe yeah, it's not exactly. the actual apex predator that you should be worried about it should be this little little, little thing it's like probably a foot and a half two feet long comes up yeah. and just takes a takes your finger <laughs> and bites it yeah <laughs> Have you tried to find that sheephead again and let him know what you thought about that? Yeah. Go punch him. <laughs> Is, was it on video? Did you get, were you like videoing no, no. the shark circling? Oh, too bad. Oh, well, I got the, great. I have video of the sharks, but not of, you know, that moment. Oh, can you like imagine the, the video of the sharks and then all of a sudden, ah, and then the video turns off and the camera falls I, down. I, I, I will have to go look, but it was probably one of those moments of, you know, Early on, I have to say my video skills were more along the lines of snowboarding videos versus <laughs> what is good for underwater handheld yeah. like this going, oh, look at that shark. Yeah. It's all shaky cam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, I, I have yet to be bit by anything underwater or, or snapped on anything or anything like that. Um, except for, I think I told a story a while ago. Maybe it was on an episode with you. Where there there are these little they, they call them sunfish these little lake fish that hang out in the shallows, and they um, in this particular dive location get fed by other divers um, little weenies like uh, Vienna sausages you know they they sell them in a, in a little can at the mm-hmm. little shack uh, up the road there, and so for whatever reason it's been this you know thing that people feed these little. They're not even doing deco stops. They're just like, this is fun to feed the little fish, the Vienna sausages. You weren't in a sausage, anyway, right? It, it, yeah. No. These exactly. little. <laughs> you see, go two ways. I'm going, with, I'm going the other way. Okay. But not in a swimsuit, in a Speedo. No, I'm kidding. Not, not in a Speedo. Um, don't go skinny dipping in this lake, is what Jack's really saying. Um, but no, you know, when you're wearing dry gloves, um, your your hands tend to look a little like a Vienna sausage, apparently, and so you get to like a stop, and I'm you sit there and you're holding, you know, whatever your your twenty foot stop, and all these little sunfish start like accumulating in front of you, and you're like, what are you little jacko jacko blinders up to? Like, what are you gonna do here, you freaking jacko? And then all of a sudden you. You're looking at one on this side, and it's like they're like a hive mind or something. And one of them <laughs> like goes piranha. on your left hand, just that little like, boop. You're like, wait, hey, get out of here. Like, get my hands on a bit of And then as you're dealing with that guy, the other guy goes for your other hand. And you spend your, like, your stops you know, on your way up and your ascent, like fighting off sunfish from biting your fingers. So uh, that's the only thing I've ever been bit by, which they don't, I don't, I don't know if they have teeth. At least I never felt like they did. Um, both in dry gloves and not dry gloves, so in, with just my hands. But they're more annoying than painful. It just kind of feels like a, I don't know, a chicken peck or something, you know, just like a little <laughs> buck, like pressure. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt, but 
But other than that, never been bit so far. Knock on wood. Is that the only thing you've been bit by underwater, by the way? Uh, no, I'm sure there's there's plenty of other things. I mean, I've, I've there had was that the... girl you were dating that one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I, for sure I had like a sunfish type thing too. Um, it This would kind of like lead into my third story. But anyways, it's... I grew up around lakes, so yeah, I know there's things I had like sunfish and stuff. You know, they nibble at you, and of course, you know, all you can think of is like, ah, oh, what is that? <laughs> it's underwater. <laughs> yeah, get, get away from me. Yeah, have you seen those? Um, uh, I don't know if you have any. The, uh, I saw the shark repellent. I think it's a bracelet that you can wear. Oh. An anklet that you can wear. It's supposed to repel sharks away. Uh, have you seen that thing? I've seen those because of, you know, surfing. That's one of those things that they always used to put in the surf magazines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I guess it's for a diver that's like counterintuitive. It's like, no, why would why do I want to scare these things away? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Like I, my first real shark encounter was was um, was bull sharks in Playa, actually. Uh, they come out in, in uh, around Thanksgiving for for uh, that's their pupping season. And by the way, a, a, a group of sharks, um, according to Google, uh, school, frenzy, or shiver. I think I'm pronouncing that properly. Uh, S-H-I-V-E-R. Shiver, that was, the other, that was the other name. Yeah, shiver, school, or frenzy. I, I think I like frenzy better, even though that sounds a little scary. But a anyway, group, they we're, sound we're too friendly. Friends. You know, the, yeah. the group. You know, hey, buddy. Group. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, they're, they're a school. They're, yeah. A school of sharks doesn't sound so. Maybe that's why there's a shiver. I wonder if that's true. Other like, I wonder if I wonder how they define that scientifically. Uh, a whole another episode of like, what is the groupings? How do you decide what a grouping of something is named? Is it? I mean, obviously species, but like pelagic fish versus I don't know. Interesting, because you just you think know. of all fish that go together are a school for whatever reason, but that's not true. Hmm. Well, it's like, uh, what is it? Squid or like, they're called like a squad. A squad. Yeah. <laughs> like that one. That's my favorite. Okay. I'll tell my third one and then it leads into your fourth or your third one sounds like. So this, this uh, tale for our reef of whores episode <laughs> is, uh, is a throwback to one of my favorite authors also, I think some of the best cinematic amazingness that's ever come out, ever. And also, this, I think, labels me as potentially a nerd here or there. Uh, so think of me what you will. But I love them. This third tale is titled, My Precious. <laughs> that's the best I can do. <laughs> Somewhere, Andy Serkis is like, yeah. fire that guy. <laughs> Which, by the way, that guy as Gollum or Smeagol, whichever one you want to adopt, or bo- as both, really. Ah, uh, incredible, incredible acting. I mean, gosh, he paved the way. I actually just watched the um, the making of Guardians of the of the Galaxy Volume Three, and uh, fascinating because you see a lot of the same technology that they pioneered in Lord of the Rings for mm-hmm. for Smeagol, Gollum. 
Um, now, I mean, it's just you know, utilized for all kinds of characters for things like Guardians of the Galaxy. So, side note, but my precious. So, here's the story. <laughs> yeah, everyone out there is going, hey, you little nerd, you like Lord of the Rings. Yes, I do. I think it's a great story. <laughs> um, he's, he's, just so you know, Jay says that all the time about his split fins. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> one split fin is named uh, Aragon, and the other one is named... Uh, uh, what's the i can't remember his name right now the the elf um oh legolas oh or or legolas there it is legolas man i can't believe i forgot that anyways my precious so uh on a dive we are uh running real and i think this was yeah this was definitely a training dive one of those really tough training drives and gosh seems like all my horror stories come from training dives but this this one did and, you know, this was the dive that's, uh, that, you know, was kind of driving home the point that we need to be able to solve problems underwater, right? Not, not go to the surface. So no matter what, how we solve things, things were going to continue to compound in this dive, right? That's, that's just the way it was going to go. Of course, we didn't know that, but that's, that was the point of the dive. And so we're, we're there and we, uh, I had, I was running, I was the captain, so I ran the reel. And you know, wherever we were, it wasn't you know a crazy thing. And um, we're coming back on the dive, and you know everything kind of starts to go wrong, right? This guy's out of gas. This guy lost his mask. There goes that guy's, you know, whatever. His deco bottle's gone. It's just compounding, compounding, compounding. And meanwhile, I'm trying to maintain, you know, the the path home. So I'm trying to protect our path home with with the real. Hey, we, that we need to follow the line. And by the way, I'll, I'll tell you what I should have done after the story, but uh, I didn't do it in the time. So I'm I'm holding on to this reel because in my mind, it's the lifeline home. Like this is how we get home. And look, like you, we, we all got to share gas and do seven different ways and figure out some sort of team positioning to make all of this work. But I'm not getting rid of this freaking reel because <laughs> this is our, this is, this is home. If I don't have this, we're screwed. And so, you know, we're going along and I keep on reeling in a little bit, keep the reel, the, the line tight as, you know, as best I can. And then this would go wrong. Oh, reel it in. I'm not letting go with this hand. I'm going to deal with you on this hand. You can imagine underwater. And all of a sudden, you know, finally we kind of get things sorted. We're starting to move. And I feel like, okay, we're, we're, we've got to be close to the exit. You're so disoriented at this point. And I start reeling. And as I'm, you know, as you're reeling in, you're looking ahead of you in the line where you're going because you're following that. As I start reeling, you know, uh, the team positioning at this point are you know, two divers right in front of me because we're <laughs> some sort of weird gas sharing configuration at this point because everyone's had problems. And there's two divers directly in front of me and then the line. And I remember uh, the diver to my left, <laughs> a good friend of mine now, um, I remember him turning. And, you know, underwater, you can read that body language of just like, this is not going to be good. And as eyes. he turns towards me, I see his eyes and I go, oh, this is really not going to be good. And he has in his hand the end of the line <laughs> that's broken <laughs> off somewhere else. And you just go like, oh, my, you know, Lord or whatever, whoever you pray to in that moment. Like, ah, the line is snapped. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, how in the F are we going to get out of here? Like, oh. And so, you know, there's that real feeling of panic like because in my mind i had built it up so long that like this is how we get home is this real that 
boom, it snapped. We're finally somewhat sorted of all the craziness that had happened. And now the line snapped. And there were two thoughts that went through my line. Like one, like, holy blah, 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 blah. And the other one was like, blah, blah, the instructor. <laughs> like, you, you know, he cut the line. Like, you, this one, you're going to cut the line after all this. You're going to cut our freaking line. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, the, the protocol there is to, at this point, put the reel down. It's not doing any good. Not me. No, I'm taking that freaking reel with me wherever we go. It's my lifeline. So you hold on to it. We establish, you know, the direction of, because the line will fall basically straight down in the, in the water, right? So we knew the direction we were heading. We didn't change that. So we decided to search directly ahead of us, right? And, you know, well, however many kicks forward, five, 10, however many it was, boom, there was the other end of the line. And, you know, 10 kicks from there, we were on the exit. And so uh, at that point, um, you know, we, we were, uh, you know, I think I was told to leave, leave the reel, like, let's get out of here, let's exit, and boom, let's go. So we exit the dive, and we, we get to the surface, and, um, you know, we're going, oh, my gosh, we can't believe we, we made it through that one. That one was super challenging, blah, blah, blah. The two instructors decided, hey, we're going to go down, clean up the mess you guys left down there. So you guys just need to stay on the surface and breathe. And I'll get your reel, don't worry, and blah, 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 blah. We'll take care of it all. So they go underwater, they do their thing, they come back up. All good. We go home. So later that night uh, in, in the debrief, um, the two instructors uh, who, who I have massive tons of respect for and amazing divers, are their minds are just, they're just laughing their, their tails off because they showed us the video and they said literally they went underwater and they're looking for the reel and there someone found it and they're thinking to each other at the exact same time they're thinking the exact same thought and one of them had pulled out who didn't have the reel his wet notes and wrote down the words my precious and showed it to the other <laughs> instructor and the instructor started laughing and started petting the reel and it's like <laughs> of course because the correct thing to do if you get into that situation by the way tie the dang or bury it in the sand tie the reel off you still have the line you don't need to take it with you and go home you know the line the reel's not your lifeline the line is your lifeline and so follow the line go home come back another day and get the reel or leave it 100 bucks is done but not me i was going to hold on to that freaking reel for dear life because i made that wrong correlation between the reel and the line right at that point a great learning moment so that reel since uh, that day has now been deemed my precious, has been named my precious. I literally, it's written on there in Sharpie. <laughs> it is now my nice. precious. I take it with me when I go on where, wherever I need a reel and my precious goes with me everywhere I need to. So, you know, the, the scary part of that dive was finding the end of the line that wasn't the end of the line. <laughs> and it right. turns out, by the way, they didn't cut the line. That was all because of the tugging and pulling the line the snap point, the by itself from all the pulling and tension that I kept on it. So awesome learning moments, awesome all that. But wow, was it was it something to see the end of of the line? You're reeling the hand and a, and a cut line, and not knowing where the heck you're supposed to go was a, was a pretty uh, pretty scary moment. So, yeah, so my precious. So what? So did they tell you like? later on that you should have done like a lost line type of drill and anchor off at that point and then use the reel to go find the other line 
Well, so you, you, we could have we could have done that. Um, the the first the first because we could see it wasn't a no vis oh, situation. Right. We we still could search and search and directly right in front, and so we established that's what. You know what I really appreciate about all that training too is like the way that's taught is always you know there there's no wrong answer. There are just more efficient ways to deal with it, and so our decision at that point, I don't know yeah, if you see how many right ways. There hoses were going for share was like, let's just see. Cause we know it would fall right there. If it was going to fall, if it's there, mm-hmm. if not, we've got to figure out another strategy. Right. And so we've got to figure out what to do at this point. So, but yeah, it was, it was yeah. fascinating. <laughs> that works in a cave in the ocean. It aligns like, it's going yeah, all over the place. But yeah, no, that'd be, I mean, I remember like going through the cave class and it was like, and going through the exercise of a broken line. And it's like, and like, I was always sitting there thinking, oh, where's the line going to go? Cause I'm thinking like ocean type stuff. And it's like line cutter. Oh, look at that. It just dropped right where it was. Like, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, funny because everyone, everyone feels like cave diving, cave diving is serious. Uh, oh, let me, let me put it that way in terms of, of the planning, in terms of, of navigation, in terms of, you got to know your stuff. You got to be together. But in terms of the diving part of it, you know, the, the, the dealing with current or visibility most of the time, so on and so forth. I mean, it's kind of beautiful, nice diving. Like it's pretty easy diving in that sense. The rest of it's very hard and very serious. But in terms of like clear water, no current line falls right, you know, in front of you where, where, I mean, it's, it's really nice in that sense. But, uh, but then there's a lot of other things that, that are not so nice in terms of, or not that they're not nice, but are much more serious than maybe. A, well, yeah. A technical yeah. I mean, you definitely have to take all that stuff seriously, but it, it is nice if you're in one of those caves and it's when they talk about hundred foot clear water viz, you get that there sometimes like, wow. As long as your light can shine out there, you can see, you know, and it's like, um, not that I have horror stories about cave diving. (laughs) 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 No, they're all pretty good. Um, I've gone through a few of the scenarios of, you know, like the balloon first stage and stuff like that. But again, it's like, because you're trained, prepared, not so scary, right? Yes. Because it's like, oh, hey, look at that. My regulator just went. Yeah, turn it off. No big deal. Turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you. You know, there obviously there are things that can happen that you can't train for, um, right? But a lot of things that we know from a lot of the you know accident or malfunction reports, you can train for. And so if it's the first time you see it when it happens on a re, you know on a I don't want to say real dive, but on a dive that's not designed for for training. Yeah, that's a that's a scary moment. Um, but if it's not the first time you've seen it, even if you don't remember the protocol exactly to fix it, or you don't, you know, whatever, you don't do it perfectly, there there is this like almost an antibody that gets built mentally that says like, oh, I know how I've seen this before. I know I can get out of it. You know, like is that feeling? Um, so yeah, I think there's something to be said about about training that that isn't necessarily just on a line, but that that you're diving and things go wrong 
to a point. I think that there's also a point where there's just no return on that kind of, I've seen some break me down dives that I, I just don't like that and agree with that style of training where it's just a break me down dive for the sake of breaking you down, but using your mistakes against you and showing you the logical conclusion, huge, huge proponent. It's taught me a ton. So anyway, I'm, this is the reef of horrors, not the uh, good training, <laughs> bad training episode. What am, what am I talking about here? What do you mean? They go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true sometimes <laughs> alright what's your so, third one okay my third I, I never came up with like titles on these things I'm not that fancy um, third story <laughs> it's maybe not so much a story but I think a lot of people may sympathize with this and understand where I'm going with this and how it, how it was scary for me okay and how it has affected me. Okay. So this is kind of like, Oh, Jack's like going to get all like open book, weepy type thing. Um, so going back a little bit of history. Okay. So I'm this kid who played ice hockey. I was the guy who, Oh, built a jump with the bike and would jump off it. No helmet. You know, I was one of those kids, you know, doing all these traumatic things. Right. Um, and there was a time I went to a movie when, in my youth. No one told me it was supposed to be scary. They just said, oh, yeah, it's, it's a movie about sharks. Okay, so you're all going to understand where this is going eventually. So <laughs> I'm at this <laughs> movie theater. And, okay, so if you, uh, by the way, if you haven't seen this movie in the actual theater on a big screen, you won't understand the feeling that you're, you get. It's totally different if you watch it on TV, even if it's a big screen TV, it's not the same. So here I am, this kid just thinking, oh, shark movie. Okay, let's see what's going on. And obviously the movie is Jaws. So I'm sitting there watching this thing and then the first thing that pops out is this music, right? The, da, da, you know, all that noise, right? And I'm like, going, <laughs> oh, this is, I'm like, like, whoa, this is weird. Um, so, like, I should learn all these movie things, right? As a kid, I was, like, really impactful for me. And it's, like, the very first scene, you know, the head pops out of the the front of the boat. And I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> Can I go? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So then we go through the whole thing, you know, the woman's being tossed around and all that stuff. And I'm like. Finally, once we got to the actual scene of the shark, you know, and everyone's ah, oh, so fake looking. I'm like, at this point in time, my mind as a kid is just like, screw water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never taking a bath again. <laughs> <laughs> I am not kidding. I had um, after that movie um, watching that. And by the way, I think it's a great movie. I've watched it. I don't know how many times now. Maybe it's because it's like it affected me so profoundly yeah. when I was young. Um, no, there's actually times like I'd be in the pool, like friends pools and I'd go, okay. Yeah. It's, it's in a <laughs> pool. What am I thinking? But I was like this little kid, right? I'm like freaking out. And then this is okay. This is where I wanted to jump to like, as I got older. Okay. My adventurous spirit still stayed intact. Um, like things like going jet skiing, at night in these lakes, which is maybe not the smartest thing to do. Um, 
I would go rock climbing. I'm the guy who would free climb things and look down and go, oh, look, I'm like a hundred some feet up off the ground standing on this little edge, like, ah, no big deal. Um, so it wasn't, I was very confident in my abilities, athletic abilities and all these things. But man, you know, the, the jet skiing thing at night, the mosquitoes were so bad that we were wading in the water because this is Minnesota, by the way. Mosquitoes, it's a real legit thing. It, it, mm. If one of those was in my dry suit, I would be freaked out, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Blood everywhere. Oh. So I'm sitting in the water waiting for my turn to go next on this thing. And I'm sitting there going, huh, it's black. It's dark water. Can't see any lights. You hear this thing out there in the lake driving around. We didn't have lights. It's stupid. I mean, it's literally the stupid thing to do as a kid. And I'm sitting there in the water. Allison, my mind starts venturing to this movie again. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm like, no. I'm, in a, I'm in a lake. I'm in a lake. It's fresh water. My, my brain is just like going, okay, crap. There's something <laughs> in here. It's going to bite me. And I'm always thinking like, oh, maybe it's a snapping turtle or there's going to be like some Northern pike or some, fish with teeth that's going to bite me and then just as i'm thinking all this stuff little sunfish or little things start nipping at my my legs and i'm like <laughs> i was like out of the water in like seconds up on the deck and i'm like screw this i'm going home because <laughs> biting mosquitoes all you want <laughs> i was like i was like out of the water but it's but it's those kinds of things that has like even going down the road right I moved to California. I started surfing. I'm always doing this in the water. I can't see down there. Someone goes, ah, oh, leopard shark. I'm like, leopard shark. This is before I knew leopard sharks weren't. I'm like, ah, oh, leopard shark. No, I don't want to like taking my feet up out of the water, stuff like that. And so there was always this like fear of like what was underwater that I couldn't see. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's always been kind of like this little phobia. And then all of a sudden I started scuba diving. It was like, where are the sharks? You know, because every time you get out of the water, you know, or at the ocean, you're like, hey, did you see a shark? And you're like, no, dang it. I wanted to see one. You know, it's like they're not as big and scary as my brain has made them up to be throughout my whole life. Right. Um, yeah. Even surfing. I would like, OK, I got to go surfing the wave. Oh, someone said there's white sharks out there today. I'm like, mm -mm. If I don't see it, I'll be fine. I'll just surf. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but later on, but scuba diving, that's kind of like ease those fears. And I've yeah. moved into, you know, going on shark dives in the Bahamas, you know, um, you know, with the great hammerheads going to Jupiter, Florida, you know, diving with tiger sharks and, and all that stuff. And then even La Jolla Shores, I was in there diving with those sharks and not, yeah. and not having that fear standpoint um, other than, Remember I was saying that there was a seven, there were seven gill sharks around the first time I saw a seven gill shark. I was with a group of people and I was kind of like leading the way. Cause like I supposedly knew where I was going, but I just knew I go this way and then turn left. and turn. <laughs> <laughs> So I was a follow leader, me. follow me. And it was like, okay, this seems like the place where we turn left. So I'm like looking back over my right shoulder, like, Hey, we're going to go over here. And I see these people behind me kind of like looking at me kind of weird. And I, turn this way and just like an arm's length away is a big huge like eight nine foot seven gill shark right next to me and i'm like 
first thing was like, <laughs> and I'm like, and then my second thought was like, ah, seriously, where's the music? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you can't just sneak up on me and not make a sound. You know, it's in the water. But so, so part of this is like, you know, my phobias growing up and then how they've eased with time. There's still that, that fear factor. I mean, there's, I, I'm going to reference back to when I was beginning to dive, you know, because I'm an expert now. I would go on, you know, like, let's go lobster diving. I'm like, hmm, that was kind of scary. You're down there literally by yourself with the little light trying to surge, just pushing you around and all the stuff. And then you don't know what these shadows are. And it's just kelp moving around, right? So you're like, oh, yeah. that was just kelp, right? And then... You know, you're freaking out. So my brain again goes to this whole shark thing, and then oh, next day, and this is when I was working at the Union Tribune, so I had instant access to the news. And it's like shark sighted at blah blah blah, and I'm like, that's where I was diving last night by myself, looking for lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole time, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, something's watching me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't maybe maybe it wasn't just kelp <laughs> so yeah so it's just that's that fear part not knowing what's there you know i wonder how many uh, people have got a complex from steven spielberg uh that from that movie at this point around sharks like by the way have you ever have you been have you gone and seen bruce so the the, the name of the the fake shark was bruce did you ever I, get a chance to see him at universal yes i've, I've gone up there and seen it and yes in person it's like uh, that's not so impressive, but yeah. in the movie, um, and if you ever get a chance to see it on a big screen with the full-on sound system, um, and recently they did a rerun of that probably like five years ago in one of the theaters here in San Diego, and there's only like a dozen people in the theater. It was awesome. It like brought all those those things right back because it was the sound, the dark, you know, and you're especially in this theater that time because there weren't a lot of people in there. So I was like isolated and I tend to put myself in these environments. So it's definitely different than watching on a TV mm. from your couch. I mean, it was mm. like, it's a good movie. Yeah. I had two takeaways from your story. One is like, yeah. Why haven't sharks biologically evolved to whenever they're swimming, they make that <laughs> make sound sounds. like through their gills, like, da, 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 da. and then when they get closer, it just gets more intense and faster. Like, it should, right? I mean, come on. Where's right. where's where's the the intelligent design in that, right? <laughs> come on. Now. Yeah, it needs they need a soundtrack. You know, yeah, the walk-in music. Need their own, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, they need something. Yeah, and then you know the other thought that popped in my head is, you know, wouldn't that be Spia? Because I think you can get underwater speakers now, like that you can play music underwater. I don't know how you'd pull it off, but there are some new like iPhone you know, apps or iPhone cases and, and maybe Bluetooth works underwater. I don't know. But wouldn't it be funny if, if you could take a speaker with you and then like halfway through a dive in kind of a weird spot, you just hit play on the Jaws well, theme? Well, <laughs> well, that not quite happened, but but obviously with a dry suit, you're dry. Um, I had a tendency for a while there to forget I had my phone in my pocket. Oh. Um, which is not a big deal because you're dry. 
but I was down underwater and like going and, and boats do play their speakers down towards the water and you can hear it while you're diving. So I'm like sitting there thinking I'm down there diving at the shores. And I hear this music. I'm going, wow, whoever is on the boat out there is playing music. I really like it's, wow, it sounds like <laughs> my soundtrack. Wow. They're just playing all the music I like and they're going through and then finish Britney the dive, Spears, like the get Britney to the car Spears and I'm like going, Oh, my phone's in my pocket. And I hold it up and I'm like, Oh, it's been playing my playlist the whole time. <laughs> Man, I think I'm going to cough a lung up. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, you can hear so much better under the water. Now, yeah, there you go. Dry suit. And you just got to figure out how to like get it to play and then stop. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking with that new Apple watch. Ah, there you go. There you go. We we have a a, a prank to pull on uh, on some of our dive uh, dive team. Uh, that would be <laughs> just download yeah. that soundtrack and then go. <laughs> yeah, right by their ear. Just swim swim right above them, and put your yeah, arm right, with your watch right, right by their ear, right, right in their six, so they can't see you. Yeah, they can't see you. They won't know you're there, and they'll hear and this. Oh my gosh, that'd be hilarious! I I feel like you're, I'm gonna put a fake scorpion in your boots, and you're gonna play the jaw song <laughs> to me halfway through a dive on our next one, and then and then we'll come back into an episode together where we like yell at each other about how mad we are. <laughs> yeah, but that's but you know all that stuff. That's what makes it fun. You know, you got all these stories that you go forward with. You know, of all the just like now we're talking about these things, right? These are all that camaraderie, you know, talking about stuff. I mean, that's why it's like great to go out and have food after diving besides, you know, getting hungry while diving. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Hopefully not. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully get some better clam chowder than that uh, mushroom soup. <laughs> than that mushroom soup. <laughs> yeah, next time there'll be zebra muscle clatter, chowder. There you go. <laughs> Let's call a diver uh, that rhymes with uh, – Deucer annual uh, and see if he can provide some uh, some of our um, zebra mussels for our next soup here. <laughs> well, good, Jack. Well, thank you for, for doing this on the Reef of Horrors um, episode. I, I had a blast. Yeah, I'm sure Daniel has added, I, I don't know how many sound effects. Now, which is a lot of fun. Um, but uh, thanks for joining me. I had a blast, and um, and yeah, Jack is uh, works for a company called DUI, uh, Diving Unlimited International. And if you are interested in a dry suit or you've been thinking about one, um, Jack is your man to talk to. Literally, reach out to Jack. Jack, what's your email uh, that they can get a hold of you? This J D E R at divedui.com. There you go, J-D-E-R at DiveDUI.com. Reach out to Jack if you've been thinking about it or you just want to kick the tires and learn more about dry suits. Uh, I got my dry suit from Jack. I love it. Uh, I've been using it uh, every dive I've been on since. Uh, So I I highly endorse uh, DUI's products and and think they're great. And so, uh, yeah, check them out. And if you want to learn more about the dive table or uh, get the next episode that comes out, Make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also check us out at thedivetable.com. Thanks for joining us today on the 
Reef of Whores. And we hope to have you back on the next episode of The Dive Table.